I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Good day, good people. My name is Brad King. This is the Downtown Riders Jam video podcast, which is part of the Solid Listen Podcast Network. We're coming to you from deep inside the jam bunker today. Super excited. Uh, having one of my favorite guests back on the show. If you're a listener, you remember Lee Matthew Goldberg from episode 74. This dude cranks out book after book after book. And his latest, Stalker Stalked, came out just a couple months ago. And so we caught up with him, see what he's up to. Uh, had a nice conversation. As You know, you've been here. Like, it's a long, weird-ass conversation. Talked a little bit about the publishing industry. Talked a little bit about trash TV and uh, how he gets to use that for research. Talked about some of our favorite TV shows, You, The Affair, things about that. If you don't remember, uh, he is one of these film people that I got that ended up becoming a, a novelist and a writer outside of that industry. And uh, I always love talking to people like that because they approach and see writing and stories in a different way than people that were trained as writers. So uh, Lee has written seven novels, The Ancestor, which we talked to him about, uh, The Mentor, which is currently being developed uh, as a script and in a, a whole YA series called The Runaway Train. Uh, been published in lots of languages, nominated for uh, lots of prizes. His work has been everywhere. So, but you have to Google Lee Matthew Goldberg because there's another writer, Lee Goldberg, who has also written a lot of stuff. And we covered all that in the first episode, but make sure you put the Matthew in there. Uh, he's got pilots and screenplays that have been finalists in the script pipeline, book pipeline, stage 32, we screenplay, the New York screenplay, screencraft, 
and the Hollywood Screenplay Contest. Uh, he's the co-curator of the Gorilla Lit Reading Series, and he lives in New York City. Uh, and we had, uh, not to keep arguing back to that original interview, but we had a long, really interesting conversation, both about growing up in New York uh, as a kid, because he's one of those New Yorker kids, and also uh, about how he was writing in the pandemic. So uh, it was nice to catch up with him. He's a cool dude. Uh, I always appreciate the time that he takes to, to join us. Before we get to that interview, a couple things. So the Jam Proper, our 60-minute long-form show, comes out every Wednesday. This comes out it's kind of irregularly on Mondays and Fridays, but we essentially have three shows coming out every week. Now, we need your help. So two things you can do to help us out. Right now, I want you to think about one or two people that you know who are readers, who like books, always, you know, those people that are always like has something in their hand or always looking for the next new thing. I want you to tell them about this program. That's the first thing you're going to do. Second thing, uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, we need you to go leave us a review. You can leave us a written review and a star review. All of that helps us out. If you don't have that, if you're not listening with Apple Podcasts, head on over to our Facebook page, The Writer's Jam, click on that review button and leave us a review. Like that is how we get found. That is what you can do for us. Uh, over at thewritersjam.com, our website, you can check out this video series. You can find the book reviews that we put up. You can click on the bookshop link and buy a book from a local and independent bookstore across the country and support all of that. Sign up for our newsletter. You can also support the entire Solid Listen podcast network by clicking on that Patreon button. We are a growing network. I think we have 12 or 13 shows now. For just a couple bucks a month, you get commercial-free episodes, all kind of bonus content. Uh, Molly and Nicole are creating stuff all the time. Uh, and it's a great way to support what we're doing here. So I appreciate you guys taking a little time out of your day. This is the short form. So it's about 30 minutes. We appreciate you taking that time for us. Hope that you're doing well. Hope you're taking care of each other. And I hope that you will sit back and enjoy my conversation with the always lovely and wonderful Lee Matthew Goldberg. Um, so I've had... Um, you have like several. Yeah, but I think we talked we talk to the ancestor, which would have been around this time a year ago. But yeah, I've had a sci-fi book, Orange City, and two uh, young adult books out uh, in between. And now my new one, Stalker Stock, which is back to, back to thrills. Yeah, and it's like I, like you would just keep popping up on Twitter, and I'm like, this motherfucker is just writing. You're that pandemic person. It's like I'm not. I'm all I'm doing is writing. Like I feel like that's what's I been go. happening. Yeah, I, what's all of these were finished before, so like okay. some of them were waiting in the wings, and it, I think there was just like a glut, like they all kind of came out at once, and it was kind of nice because it was a pandemic. So it's like, what else am I doing? I might as well just put out books, you know. And like, <laughs> what else are people doing? They might as well just read, you know. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been kind of cool, but I finished a new book, um, over the pandemic that, um, a, my agent's about to send out. So, you know, hopefully fingers crossed with that one. Yeah. And you got some film stuff that you're tinkering around with too. Yeah, I do. Yes, I have. I can't really talk about it too much, but That's one fine. of them is in like an early, it's like a shopping agreement. Um, so like right now it's being shopped, I guess. Um, and then the, um, the YA series. I'm developing as a TV show and we have some interest. So right now that's sort of where it's at in terms of I mean, of that. that's a crazy productive pandemic. Yeah, I've had a really 
I've had a real not I've I haven't had a good pandemic. Yeah. I mean like everybody else sucked. Yeah. But in terms of work, it's actually been really phenomenal and I, I've I've gotten a lot done and, and a lot out there and I feel like my career has like shifted a little in it. And I'm hoping that this is the start of like sort of the next stage of, of it where I, I go to like another level. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, I was just talking, I just interviewed Tommy Swerdlow, who's a novelist mm -hmm. and screenwriter and stuff. And like, you're writing across the genres and types of writing. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. That's impressive there's, and hard. Thank you. There's an element in publishing industry where it's like stick to your lane. And yeah. it was early advice that I was given. And I really disliked that advice. <laughs> I'll write whatever I feel like writing. So, you know, and to write thrillers, are very fun, but sometimes I don't want to write about people killing each other and doing horrible <laughs> things to one another. So the YA series was a nice break from that. Like yeah. nobody promoted. I think it's interesting that, um, you know, it is like it, like the publishing folks will tell you like develop your platform, get your audience, like do that thing. And that's how you build a career. Yeah. But I've, I don't know whether this is like, uh, this generation of writers is like sort of breaking out of that because I've been talking with more and more people who are like finding the genre and the style that they want mm -hmm. to. And they're sort of like, I just trust that the audience will find it. Yeah, I mean, there used to be this element. I think the publishing industry held a lot more cards. So they dictated your career and uh -huh. nobody else is going to dictate my career, but myself. Yeah. So if a publisher wants to be on board for that, and hopefully a big publisher, that would be great. And I would love to do that. But nobody's going to tell me what I can and can't write. That yeah. to me is ridiculous. And take all of my money. <laughs> yeah, it's a, one or, you can do one or the other. <laughs> and give me 10% like of royalties. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's, I think finding, you know, we talk so much on the show about like, it takes a long time for a writer to find their voice and to like figure yes. out the questions that drive yeah. the stories that they want to. And once you find that, you know, like that's where you want to be. It really doesn't matter if the agent or whatever is like, well, you should really do this. It's like, nah, this is the thing, yeah. right? Like, this is my, my thing. My agents actually are so supportive about it. That's so great. Very, yeah. I mean, I've been with the same agency for a dozen years. I have multiple agents now in the agency, so they handle different facets of the career. Oh, that's great. So one of my agents does the YA, you know, stuff, and and my main agent handles sort of everything else. Um, and and they're they're very supportive, and they're like, just keep writing, like you know, what, yeah. whatever you want to do. Um, and you know, this mindset that I've kind of developed where everything I write, I'm writing as a script as well, um, I think has done well for me too, because it, it helps it get a little more noticed in Hollywood. Yeah. I think we have a very big book deal. Um, there's a good chance that Hollywood can notice and give you, you know, um, an option for it. But beyond that, it's quite hard. So at least this gets my foot in the door a little bit more when yeah. I have a script that I could hand to them. And I'm working now on, now the big thing in Hollywood is pitch decks, creating these like graphically interesting pitch decks. Um, so that's what I'm, I'm sort of working on now for all my projects because they don't even want to read the book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't love the book. They want to see a nice graphic pitch deck. Yeah. It's, you know, it's fascinating because I've interviewed several screenwriters, I mean, outside of Tommy, like, uh, um, and people that worked in Hollywood who have, and I, I now have come to believe this and it was not a thing that I would have said, I believed two years ago before I really dove into these interviews, which is it's much like if you're like going from Hollywood where it's the, it is at minute seven, this happens at minute, like there's a tight right. structure. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. is visual. 
And mm -hmm. so you learn very much how to move people through mm -hmm. visual scenes. And so going mm -hmm. to a novel and writing, it actually makes it not easier, but like there's a structure and a way that you know how to oh, yeah. do it. 100%. I learned, I, I took early on screenwriting classes and I feel like right. that was the biggest shift in terms of my own writing, kind of like cutting the fat and getting yeah. to the meat of the story. And I'm a, I'm a story-based person. Um, so the books that I'm interested in are just books that are really interesting stories that engage me. The ideas and things like that, very literary books, I'm kind of steering away from, they don't interest me as much yeah. as, as I think they used to, because yeah. I'm a very like, visually driven writers so I'm, I'm interested the most in visuals anyway yeah i mean it's the thing that has made the most sense right like the one of the themes on the show is like nobody really knows how to become a writer like there's not like a right, path right. there's not like a thing but and the yeah. more i hear people talking about this screenwriting and scene writing and again not novel scene writing but like writing a yeah. scene in a visual <laughs> place I, <laughs> I the more i'm leaning towards like i feel like if you want to be a writer you should spend some time doing that just yeah. because oh, it allows you well, it's also like, I, I I tell people this all the time. It's like, don't think of the novel as the end of that story. The novel could be the beginning. So the novel could be developed into a screenplay, a TV series, yeah, uh, you know, a Broadway play, an off-Broadway play, a video game. I mean, anything like there's, there's such a big window in terms, especially these days yeah. to get in touch with people, you know, social media wise and, and, and on the internet that, yeah, never limit yourself or like, I just wrote a book, like it, it could be so much more. Um, and I, I think that's really helped me because it not, nothing ever seems finite that way. Yeah. Like I, my first book came out in 2015. I'm working on the script for it right now. Like it give, maybe it'll give it a chance to get a wider audience. We'll see. Yeah. Well, and I know when I write, I always tell people like I'm transcribing a thing that I see in my head anyway. Like I yeah. see yeah. the thing, even when I'm telling a story, I'm like, oh, like it literally just sort of like close your eyes and you're like, I'm just furiously trying to type what I see. Yeah, absolutely. My first love when I was a kid was movies and television and yeah. the books came actually a little later. Um, so I, I, I think of things in that way. And, you know, in all honesty, like it's harder for me to remember like a sentence I love from one of my favorite books as opposed to a scene I love from yeah. one of my favorite movies. Books I tend to like, I read voraciously and I read them and they go in one ear and then they're gone. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't even remember it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then I just pick up a new one. And movies really like stick, stick in my mind. Um, and, and I think these days too, it's like moving out of the theatrical window now that everything is streaming. There's so many opportunities yeah. now. They're, they're hungry for, you know, um, novels in Hollywood and, and um, publishing as well. Yeah. Because, you know, we know how to tell a story. So there's real opportunity in terms of that. And, you know, I, I'm finding it even a little more exciting sometimes than the publishing industry. Well, I mean, yeah, the publishing industry is <laughs> no, nope. a little dinosaur based. And yeah. the and Hollywood is always mutating and moving and, becoming, yeah. you know, it has its own garbage and difficulty. Sure. Of course. Um, but I feel like they're always thinking the next step ahead where I think publishing is sometimes thinking of what used to be. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. 
Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Yeah, no, and I think like press, like I think I don't know if this is true. I've zero things to base this on, but like I'm down for like broad church style prestige TV where they just go, look, here's six episodes. Like this isn't going to be four seasons or eight seasons. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be like we're just going to do this thing, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. you know, because like I love the affair, but then like by the affair by like season uh, five, I'm like, what the fuck is happening anymore? For too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I what happens now a lot of times is they'll have that like limited series. And if it does really well, maybe they'll get it's like Big Little Lies was one for yeah. example, but the season two was horrible. So yeah. like that didn't really need to happen. Right. So it has to be like really like the right circumstance or it yeah. develops into a thing. But sometimes it's like it's true. You just need six episodes. It's enough. Yeah, like the Watchmen when they when that when that came out and, uh, yeah. and when they declined to do season two, I was like, thank you, mm-hmm. because that was a perfect fucking story. Yeah. For what this I think was. they learned because those are the lost guys, or at least one of the lost yeah. guys. And I think they learned that they didn't stick the landing. Yeah, that show was like this one we actually did in the first season. Yeah, so let's just you know like that's it. That's all yeah. you're getting. Um, and yeah, that was that was I th- I feel like one of the best shows in the last year or two. I have literally bought the original Watchmen uh, graphic novel and oh, sent really that good. to a. I mean, I had it here, but I sent it yeah. to about a dozen people, and I'm like, because they so weren't going to watch the show. I'm like, read this. Yeah, yeah. Call me, and I'll tell you why that book was important. Mm-hmm. And then everything they did with this show is amazing. Is like perfect. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the perfect example of something that it began as a graphic novel. Yeah was a movie that maybe financially was successful, but it yeah. wasn't a good movie. No, oh, it's um, okay. Yeah, and that could have been the end of it and then became this other thing. So yeah. it's like I was saying before, it's like if you create something, it's never done. It yeah. should last, you know, and, and have different iterations you yeah. know, throughout the years, basically. And I think it's a good way for, for writers to think to have a little more control of like what they're creating yeah and like i don't know if you are a big anime fan but like all of us are very nervous about cowboy bebop being a live action because again that-, of that i i don't know too much about it <laughs> interesting um but it was yeah. a perfect 26 show oh okay arc mm-hmm. and he yeah. would never and he never did another everybody was clamoring but it was like a story 
Mm -hmm. It's like a mafia story. And yeah. so now that they're doing the live action, they're like, oh, please let it be good. And please don't have two seasons. We need one. Yeah. I should check that out. I feel like that is the next genre that I haven't really watched. Yeah. I've only seen like Ghost in the Shell. I feel like that's the only anime <laughs> that I've seen. Um, there, it's a fusion of American jazz and Japanese yeah. storytelling. It's It's amazing. That's, I mean, I love Murakami, which is also kind of, he's kind of like that, in, yeah. you know, somewhat. So, yeah, I've always wanted to watch Akira. I've heard amazing it's things good. about yeah. And um, the that MTV show Aeon Flux that was yeah. out when I was like a kid. That's yeah. weird, though. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. Do, do, start with Cowboy Bebop. Okay, okay. <laughs> so uh, the, the new book, Stalker Stalk, um, it's out in September. So mm -hmm. give me the, what's the, I mean, I have a sense of what this story may be about. Give right. me the, give me the elevator. So, the, the perfect thing about Stalker Stalk is no other title perfectly sums up what this book's about. <laughs> it's about a stalker and then she gets stalked. And that's basically the book. Uh, no, she, she becomes obsessed with the reality TV star. Um, her boyfriend breaks up with her and this, this girl's really down in the dumps. She's a farmer rep and she kind of steals her own pills that she sells. So she's a little bit of a pill popper. Yeah. Um, and she becomes obsessed with this, you know, seemingly perfect person on this show, Socialites, about six rich women in New York um, and starts stalking her basically and to get on the show. And while she's doing that, she starts to feel like she's being stalked as well. Is it the pills? Is it her friend? Is it the detective? Oh. Is it maybe this girl who she's stalking, who's you know turning the tables on her? So she basically has to use her own stalking prowess to um, overcome the the stalker. And it's <laughs> it's really just a batshit crazy. I just got a review today that I looked on on, on NetGalley. It was a one star review, and the review is smutty. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like everybody was horrible in this book it was smutty i was offended and i was like yep that's the book nailed it you yeah. stuck the landing i i mean i think it's gonna be one stars and five stars for this book you love it or you hate it and if you're like a little old bitty it's not the book for you <laughs> if you spend your days looking out the window in your neighborhood to see what's going on yeah not yeah, the book for yeah. you like yeah it, the, the book is basically just a like 300 pages of batshit crazy yeah so you know you're on it board. sounds like uh season two of you so i was really i we pitched it as you meets real housewives yeah that's yeah. I, that's as you were saying it i was like oh yeah i think i know what this book is and so i'm working it as i, I finished um a, a feature script of it right now um and my my film agent is is looking at it to send it out yeah and the actress i think would be perfect for it I'm putting it out in the universe, so I'm trying to just is um, Alexandra Daddario. Oh yeah, who's so amazing and really recently the White Lotus. Yeah, uh, and we summon the darkness. So Alexandra, if you're listening, um, <laughs> we can get you a copy. I think you would just be so amazing in, in, in this. And I'm guessing just what little interactions we've had, it skews more towards the Real Housewives and less towards you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's a thriller light and it's yeah. more satire. Um, yeah. So it's it it's disturbingly funny. Yeah. Um, more than scary, and there's a few jump moments, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely and <laughs> listen, I had never watched those shows before, um, and like you, you know when we spoke for my last book, The Ancestor, I was researching 
the Alaskan gold rush and yeah. the 1890s. And it was very like, you know, highfalutin research. And this, I just binged horrible <laughs> reality TV um, for like two months. Um, and it was really great. <laughs> yeah. Shows are, the shows are a lot of fun and I had a lot of fun watching them. And, and I, I saw one of the people I I was watching it, and then I walk outside and I see one of the people on the shows. It's a funny <laughs> meta moment. It's also nice to be able to like. I mean, not that we're out really going out and doing a bunch of stuff, but like you can tell people like, what did he do? I'm like, oh, I watched ten hours of Real Housewives, but it was research. Like, right, and have that legit be real. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. It was totally yeah. real. Um, and and yeah, like I am a little hooked. Yeah. I'll probably keep watching. <laughs> like, I'm really not sad and depressed and lonely. This is for a book, I swear to God. For a book, I promise. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I had a lot of fun with, with this one. And the last one was a very serious book, you know, dealt with like, you know, death and loss. And yeah. This was just a lot more fun to write, basically. Do you find yourself, and then we'll get out of here, do you find yourself like, okay, I'm, I did this kind of book. Now I'd like, as a palate cleanse, do you find yourself yeah. gravitating to like do new questions? Like, okay, I just spent some darkness now. Like what would yeah. happen if yeah. like, I mean, the ancestor was the hardest book for me to write. Um, yeah. I, my dad passed away when I was writing it. It was, it was a very like tough time. Um, and I needed not to write something like that. <laughs> yeah. After. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just finished a book. The, the one I finished is about um, a family of Jewish bank robbers in the 1980s who um, the father loses all the money in the stock market and everything's repossessed but their old RV. So they just go around the country in their RV robbing banks. Um, <laughs> and then the one that I have in the future that I'm starting is um, it's about a, a Jewish man in the 1950s who begins working for a Madison Avenue advertising company. He's the only Jewish man He's the only Jew at the company, basically. And he hears like slights and slurs and, yeah. and this and that, but it, you know, it's a real opportunity to get him and his family, you know, um, you know, out of, out of their parents' house and et cetera. And then he slowly starts seeing um, like Nazi symbolism in the advertising. And he has to decide to, you know, what he's gonna do. Either they're gonna spread this hateful message or he is the one that really only could stop them. Um, so he, he becomes like an ass kicking Nazi and yeah, he, he becomes the ass kicker of the Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I knew what you, I, I knew where yeah, you were going. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I haven't started that one yet, um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it and I'm leaning to my like Jewish heritage for these books now because I never really have and I feel like I want to um, give a voice to like Jewish characters right now. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, like you said, like you just sort of like you, you're going sort of these are the stories I want to tell. Now, these are the stories I want to tell. Now, these are like, that's good. I mean, I feel like that's the only way to have, I mean, not the only way, but like, I don't know, as a writer, that just seems like how you continue to keep yourself interested and how you push yourself and how, mm -hmm. like always sort of putting aside what I've done and now I'm going to do this new thing and see yeah, what yeah. that happens. I think, that, you know, the worst thing as a writer is if you get bored by your career, it's like always keep it fresh because if you keep it fresh, then people yeah. will you know, continue to be engaged. So I always want to write things that um, I'm interested in, basically. Um, and yeah, I had seen the, that show Plot Against America and I was just really um, you know, horrified and inspired by it. And so that this idea kind of came out of that. But this was going to take me a long time. I'm usually quick. This will be like a year long project for this book.
Yeah, it's funny. All the writers listening are like, a year is a long time. <laughs> no, I just, yeah. I'm finishing the third book in the Y series, like eight weeks. Yeah. Nine weeks it's taken me. Yeah, yeah. That's but this, crazy. This one's different. This one's like research. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lee, it is great catching up with you. Um, you know, I think yeah. you're fantastic. And like, I love talking to you. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me again. It was really great to catch up. Yeah, and Stalker Stalked is out now, and people can get it anywhere, yeah? Yeah, anywhere. In um, it, It's coming out, Trifecta. It's paperback, audio, and um, ebook all at once. Oh, so, who did you do the audio, or is there somebody that did it? Um, so I've all my books, I've been working with this company, and they're releasing all of them in audio now. Wow. So, yeah, they all have, and... Um, Stalker Stock is the first that's that's doing it like um, day and date, basically. That's awesome. Um, that's like awesome. Phenomenal narrator. Yeah, she did a fantastic job. Um, it's, so I'm excited for that. I am always super like there's a couple people who do books, audiobooks. I get the book. I don't even know what the book is about just because I know that they're so good that like yeah. hearing yeah. it is like, you know, it's like seeing a movie it's different than the book. Like their interpretation of it is the thing that I'm like, Oh fuck. Like I could just listen to this all day long. Yeah, no, it's such a, it's such a talent. Yeah. Um, and all of them, the, especially the ancestor, the, the guy who did the ancestor, he, to me sounded like um, Anthony Hopkins from legends of the fall. Um, it's like one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Pre-stroke um, or post-stroke? Both. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, he just was just like grizzled and he did just such a fantastic job capturing the, the spirit of that book. Yeah. Uh, this, this voice actor, Norman. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's it's, a, it's an exciting addition. Um, yeah, I hope I hope people who maybe aren't, you know, reader readers that, you know, find the books that way. Yeah. Now that we're sort of getting out a little bit, like if you're going for a hike, grab the audio book. Like yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. Get it on Audible and, you know, for everybody, mostly in America that has like a driving commute perfect right since americans can't leave the country again because of the pandemic like what better yeah. thing to do to pass the time and, and hey, visit yeah, another place your audio <laughs> <Get your> audio. <laughs> all right buddy you take care of yourself and uh we'll catch up again soon thanks so much take care brad well there you have it that was lee matthew goldberg his book stalker stalk is out now uh i love talking to him about his books I, really like i don't always spend a lot of time with writers talking about the plot and the sort of the actual things, not their life, but like the actual things that influence that he's just such a cool dude. Like I could talk to him about this shit forever. Um, and he, he's got a dry sense of humor that, uh, I love cause I am clearly a maniac. And so, uh, people like that with that kind of wit and humor, I think, uh, I dig, uh, before we get out of here, just a couple reminders, ask you to do those two things at the top of the show. Tell your friends about us. It's always those book lovers that are looking for podcasts, looking for books to read. Tell them about us and go leave us a review either at Apple or at Facebook. While you're at it, don't forget to check out all the shows on the Solid Listen Podcast Network. Like I said, we are growing and the flagship Mother May I Sleep With podcast uh, with our with the host and our Solid Listen Podcast queen, Molly McLear. Uh, she and Nicole are doing such an amazing job growing this network. And uh, that's a that's one of the podcasts that I listen to that has nothing to do with books or true crime, which tends to be where I end up. Uh, but I like Mother My Sleep With. Uh, don't forget, these video podcasts come out every Monday and Friday on the Solid Listen Network YouTube channel. You can also catch them at thewritersjam.com 
or you can catch the audio wherever you listen to podcasts. And The Jam is out on Wednesdays. So if you just go search for the Downtown Riders Jam wherever you listen to podcasts, you can get yourself subscribed and you will hear everything that we're doing. And remember, you can always catch us on Twitter and Instagram at The Riders Jam. Until the next time, I will see you around the internet. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.